volatility has continued to be a hot topic in the trend. But remember, it's also not too late for investors who may not have acted on tax loss selling from last year. Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Treasuries are back on investors' minds this week, this time with many looking for a tactical trade at the long end of the curve. In today's episode, portfolio managers Chris Heeks, Matt Montemuro, and your host, Mackenzie Box, explore the upside of a barbell approach as interest rates continue to plateau. They also discuss getting back into dividend stocks, tax loss harvesting, and making lemonade when markets give you lemons. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit bmoetfs.com. That's bmoetfs.com. Hello, and welcome back to our BMO ETFs Weekly Insights Podcast with our team of experts. Thank you to everyone for continuing to tune in and provide comments and questions each and every week. I'm today's host, Mackenzie Box, and product at BMO Global Asset Management. Today, I am joined by Matt Montemiro and Chris Heeks, who are both portfolio managers on our ETF desk. So a special thank you to both Matt and Chris for taking time to be with us today. Thanks for having us, Mackenzie. Good to be here. Thanks, Mackenzie. All right. Well, let's dive in. So we got a few questions this week that came directly from clients. So Matt, we're going to start with you. A client wrote in saying, I'm interested in buying long treasuries as a tactical trade, as I believe the Fed has done hiking, but I'm unsure about the direction of the U.S. dollar versus the Canadian dollar. So Matt, maybe you can touch on this and maybe give some insight on how investors should think about this. I can take that one. And you know, since July, we've seen midterm and longer term rates uh, rise as we've started to see the curve uh, starting to normalize after uh, you know a record prolonged inversion that that kind of started in March 2022. You know the market seems to have capitulated a little bit and started to price in the higher rates for longer narrative that's uh, been floated for quite some time, but it took a little bit of time for the market to really believe the hype. You know, so since July, we've seen 10-year rates rise uh, 50 beeps. You know, at their peak, they rose 90 beeps to about 4.2%, but they've subsided since. Similar trend in the 30-year. As October's ended and the November began, you know, we've seen investors, especially institutional, really starting to pile into long duration, you know, calling for that peak in rates, saying, I think we're going to be in a more stable interest rate environment now that the the curve is a little bit more uh, normalized. You know, with those moves, we've seen yields subside a little bit as as you know investors really piled into the long end, and so now we're still about forty to fifty basis points uh, from the peaks, but that's still fifty basis points higher than what we saw in July. So you know, not not an insignificant move here uh, that we've seen kind of just in October alone. Investors who who have called the peak are betting for interest rate stability going forward and, and for central banks to stand by their word and maintain that those higher rates for longer. In my view, uh, this is, uh, you know, I would continue to push 
rate cuts out all the way to the end of 2024. Uh, you know, if I look at portfolio positioning, you know, I think the the barbell trade is, is looking attractive again. It's becoming more popular. We're seeing institutions starting to to implement this this trade in, in this portfolio positioning, where investors hug the short end to capture that attractive short term yields that we continue to see in the market, and then complementing that exposure with long government exposure. So in Canada, what we're seeing is a popular pairing is ZS. T, that's our BMO Ultra Short-Term Bond ETF, currently yielding about 5.7%, you know, with less than uh, about a half a year of duration. So very little interest rate sensitivity, still maximizing that yield and taking advantage of that inverted yield curve. And then complementing it with ZFL, our BMO Long Federal Bond Index ETF, to provide that duration exposure. You know, if we're assuming that uh, that the, the the rates are uh, the Fed's done hiking and the curve is a little bit more normalized, the, you know that that duration exposure will offset equity market volatility and perform well when rates start to fall. You know, that's the Canadian lens, but we are hearing a lot of investors who are looking to add duration, but are looking to also add U.S. Treasury exposure. And uh, so we could do that through ZTL, our BMO long-term U.S. Treasury bond index ETF, um, you know, opting for that U.S. Treasury exposure uh, as a, more of a safe haven asset globally, you know, and then in, in addition to adding that long duration exposure that they seek. So in that decision, we offer you know, for ZTL, we offer unhedged. So that's ZTL that gives you exposure to the movement in the US dollar versus CAD. Uh, we also have ZTL.U, which is our US dollar purchasing option. And then finally, ZTL.F, which is the hedge to currency version. So the question for a lot of investors is, do you want hedged or unhedged exposure to the US dollar right now? You know, in general, I tend to lean toward opting for hedged fixed income exposure uh, in normal markets. You know, as fixed income returns do tend to be range bound in volatility and FX can can eliminate you know entire months or years of returns in one foul swoop in, in one significant monthly move. You know, but I do think in the current market there is a case to be made for going unhedged the US dollar at current levels. So I think I would use ZTL in the current environment. So my rationale here is twofold. One, if we do see a slowdown in growth and, and a recession and it happens to be worse than expected, you know, the U.S. dollar will be a safe haven asset. And then you'll also have U.S. treasuries, which, again, will be an, also a, a safe haven asset. So both of these would be tailwinds in this environment, and that would lead the U.S. treasuries uh, to outperform and help provide more stability and better returns within a portfolio context. The second reason why I think uh, it might be a good time to go unhedged uh, is that the U.S. economy is better suited to withstand higher rates for longer than the Canadian economy. You know, due to our economy being more sensitive to interest rates and the record uh, amounts of household debt levels that we're seeing, you know, the Bank of Canada will likely be forced to cut rates sooner than the Fed. So that would just increase the interest rate differential between the countries and should lead to the US dollar appreciating accordingly. So while I generally prefer hedging my fixed income exposure to the US, uh, I think in this context, tactically, it would make sense to use the unhedged ZTL to add US Treasury duration in the current environment. Great. Thanks, Matt.
does market volatility have you wondering where to go to ride out the storm? Not all cash equivalents are created equal, and BMO's money market and ultra-short-term bond ETFs offer several high-quality options to park client cash. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.com and search for tickers ZUCM, ZMMK, ZST, and ZUS. Chris, we're going to turn it over to you next. Another question that came in from a client. Um, I have broad market in Canada, and I would like to add either a dividend ETF or a value ETF to complement. Dividends have been out of favor this year and look attractive, but value should be doing well going forward. What would you suggest the client should look at and how should they think about this in their portfolio moving forward? Yeah, thanks, Mackenzie. Great question. For sure, you know, to start off would agree that, you know, growth has been the main driver this year. And we've seen that mostly with the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ 100 index is up 40% uh, this year. Um, technology, obviously, and, and, uh, and AI being major forces behind that. You know, in Canada, we've seen the same trend play out as well. Shopify is having a tremendous year. Other IT stocks are. Uh, the MSCI Canadian Growth Index is up 7%. Uh, the MSCI Canadian value index is up 3%. So growth certainly outperforming. So looking at the two, and, and you know, we'll we'll reference the two BMO ETFs. So ZDV, the BMO Canadian Dividend ETF, as well as ZVC, the BMO MSCI Enhanced Balanced Index ETF. Both good options um, in terms of complementing the broad market or complementing more growth exposures. There is a natural correlation between dividends and value, so there is there is some overlap. When you think about uh, dividends, you know a share or a company is going to have a higher dividend yield when that price is a little bit depressed. So you know lower prices lead to higher yields. You know by the same token, on the value side, you know if that price is lower, it's going to give a security some better value characteristics. So there is some overlap. I'd say looking at dividends, and here's where you know it's always a great to remind uh, remind investors, uh, remind ourselves, you know, to always look under the hood and look at the details. I'd say not all dividends are created equal. Um, there is a difference between just going for the highest yielding securities, which often carry extra risk. Um, the focus in our dividend ETFs like ZDV would be more on, I would say, quality dividend payers. So there's a focus on growing and sustaining a dividend, um, making sure that dividends are backed by cash flow so a company can sustain sustain that dividend going forward. Our approach is more in that kind of dividend growth kind of category as opposed to that high yield category. And so now where I would take the analysis is, you know, although value and dividend are similar, uh, what you do find is value tends to be a little bit of a higher risk factor versus uh, the BMO dividend approach. Uh, so just give you a little bit, you know, a few more numbers, just because I like numbers, we can look at the pro forma risk of these ETFs. So the standard deviation going forward based on current risk assessments, you know, the index is around 14.5%. ZVC, the value is 15 ZDV, the dividend, is 14. So you can see uh, the dividends, and especially when we're, we're constructing the portfolio, the way we're doing it in our dividend suite, focusing on high-quality dividend payers, 
know, you tend to have a little more mature companies, a little more blue chip, and, and it tends to knock some of the risk off the table. So it mitigates some of that risk. Uh, value, I would say, and I am circling back to an answer. So patience, uh, sorry, you know, sorry if it's a bit long, but I wanted to give the reasoning behind the answer. You know, values, value tends to outperform. It's more of a, it's more of a cyclical factor and it tends to really outperform at the beginning of a cycle. I would suggest, you know, we're closer to the end of the cycle and certainly everyone's kind of worried about, you know, an economic landing, whether it's soft or hard. And so for that reason, for the defensiveness, for the better positioning in late cycle, I would choose the dividend. I would choose the ZDV over the ZVC right now, you know, particularly if it's being balanced against a growth exposure. If we do have that slightly harder landing or economic slowdown, you know, the composition of the ZDV, these companies, I would expect to do a little bit better under those circumstances, you know, as it takes some risk off the, over the, t- off the table, you know, compared to the value. So I would go with ZDV. Great. Some good insights there. Thanks, Chris. Matt, we'll pass it back to you. With volatility dominating markets year to date, can you walk us through some of the returns we're seeing year to date for the fixed income market and where you see some opportunity for investors to consider using ETFs in their tax loss selling decisions? Yeah, I can take this one, Mackenzie. And, you know, I just want to start by saying, you know, we aren't tax professionals here. So we do recommend you consulting your own tax professionals to get tax advice before uh, looking at any of these uh, strategies. But so I would like to start with kind of defining what tax loss harvesting is. And it is the uh, selling of securities that have capital losses that can be used to offset against capital gains within your portfolio. So by selling securities, the proceeds from the the sales of those securities can then be reinvested in similar like exposures so that you can maintain your market exposure while taking advantage of the tax treatment. So these losses from from the sales can help you offset gains in the current year or in future years. So, you know, it applies to stocks, bonds, PREFs, ETFs, mutual funds, you know, all of these you can look at to see if you are in a loss position in your portfolio, potentially could be sold to crystallize those losses for future benefit of your clients. Um, a couple things to remember, to recognize the capital loss, you must have sold the security for a minimum of 30 days. And it's very important to be aware of the potential for a superficial loss. So a loss is not crystallized if you hold it for under 30 days or if you purchase a security uh, that is deemed to be identical. So for example, from an ETF perspective, you can't sell one ETF and buy another ETF of the same that tracks the same index because that would be identified as the same security. That would be considered a superficial loss and you wouldn't be able to crystallize those, those losses. So something to consider, something to look at, but you know, ETFs are excellent tools for tax loss harvesting because they can provide you similar exposures, beta exposures, different segmented exposures that allow you to stay invested, but also take advantage of uh, potential losses in your portfolio for future benefits. So that's kind of on the definition front. And then, but looking at uh, the year that we've just, or, you know, thus far this year, what what we've experienced, you know, volatility has continued to be a hot topic and the trend. 
Um, you know, after a positive start to the year for fixed income returns, we have experienced a pretty rocky summer overall with, you know, two additional kind of surprise rate hikes. And then the long end of the curve as after that second rate hike in July, the long end of the curve normalizing and rising significantly. We've seen, as I said in the first answer, We've seen midterm and longer term rates rise almost 100 basis points in some cases uh, after uh, until now, which have subsided and they're about 50 basis points higher. So that's led to some negative returns uh, in markets. And that could be an opportunity for investors to consider tax loss uh, harvesting. So, you know, we, we talked about how investors are starting to position themselves for the current market and the market ahead. You know, many investors are looking at ways to, you know, let's say make lemonade out of lemons and look for tax loss selling strategies and opportunities within their portfolio. Generally, fixed income isn't the place that investors first look for tax loss selling opportunities. You know, when when returns are range bound, there's not tons of opportunities. That tends to be more so on the equity side of the portfolio. But this is the second consecutive year that we do expect fixed income investors to be very attractive with these types of trades as we move into year end. You know, ETFs are an excellent vehicle, as I had mentioned, to, to switch from either individual bond holdings other fund holdings, you know, if it's an ETF or a mutual fund for tax loss purposes, because it still can provide you that segmented fixed income exposure. You don't just have to go to aggregate. You know, our three by three matrix allows you to split up the universe uh, by credit. So you can look at federal, provincial, corporate, short, mid, long. That should enable you to, to maintain the specific risk exposure that you want while also capitalizing on, on a tax loss harvesting-like uh, strategy and crystallize those loss. So, you know, if I look at returns from a high level, what areas for fixed income investors would I be uh, focused on? What, what areas of my portfolio would I, would I take an extra look at and see where there's opportunities? You know, thus far, corporate bonds have strongly outperformed government bonds as spreads have tightened across the curve. You know, year to date, not surprisingly, the short end has outperformed the rest of the curve as we, you know, the general trend has been to continue to be rising rates. So the exposures that I would look for in terms of crystallizing potential losses would be midterm and long-term federal bonds, long-term provincial bonds, and long-term long-term treasury bonds. These are the segments with the largest losses year to date and could easily be switched into segmented ETF exposure of similar exposures. You know, we've consistently seen investors use ZFM, so our BMO Mid-Federal Bond Index ETF, ZFL, BMO Long Federal Bond Index ETF, ZPL, the BMO Long Provincial Bond Index ETF, and ZTL, as I discussed in the first uh, question, the BMO Long-Term U.S. Treasury Index ETF, as ways to position themselves into year-end. So those are the segments of the market that have the biggest losses, you know, uh, just year-to-date. So, you know, those are the ones that if you're looking through your portfolio for opportunities, those are the ones with longer maturities uh, where I think the biggest opportunity is. But remember, it's also not too late for investors who may not have acted on tax loss selling from last year. So I think a lot of people, this was a big co uh, conversation last year. We saw a lot of uh, investors take advantage of, of the, these type of strategies, uh, but not everyone did. So if you're an investor that didn't, uh, look at tax loss last season, you know, it's not too late. 2022 was a historic year for historic returns, unfortunately, on the negative side. 
But much of the universe is still sitting at a lost position as we look back all the way to, to December 31st, 2021. So it's not too late for investors to capture this benefit while not really changing their underlying risk characteristics or exposures materially. So, you know, again, take a look at our segmented fixed income suite. You could also look at uh, excellent alternatives of our discount bond suite. So ZDB, which is our BMO discount bond ETF, ZSDB, BMO short discount bond ETF, and ZCDB, BMO corporate discount bond ETF. Those are all excellent solutions that'll keep you invested, maintain your risk exposure that you want, while while taking in, taking the tax benefits uh, wh- where you can, so you know these these are conversations we're having daily with investors who are looking to position themselves for 2024 and beyond. So you know if you do have potential losses or you have exposures in the long end in your portfolio, you know take a look at uh, ETFs as as a way to uh, make lemonade out of lemons in, in the in the current environment. Great, good analogy too on that. Want to reduce the risk of market timing or increase near-term growth? Our new range of BMO structured outcome ETFs can help you dial down risk or dial up equity returns. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.com and search for tickers ZOCT, ZUEA, and ZEBA. And keeping with the topic of tax, uh, Chris, maybe you could give some insight on tax loss ideas for equities. Tax loss on equities. Yep, uh, for sure. Thanks, Mackenzie. So lots of opportunities in equities as well. Like Matt said, the, the market volatility does create some opportunities to lock in some losses. So, you know, like Matt said, you can take a sweep of your you know entire portfolio and, and everyone can identify where each opportunity may lie. Two sectors that I think are interesting in that they've had a worse performance than usual, and that's utilities and REITs. So with this interest rate move the last couple of years, that really caught up with these two sectors this year. You know, both sectors are down approximately 10%. And, and uh, you know, on a price basis, they're down a little bit more than that because, the, you know, they, they, they're higher yielding sectors as well. So there could be opportunities there where you you don't often see it. Um, In the utility sector, uh, renewables, you know, in particular, which was a big theme kind of going back a couple of years ago, renewables really suffered this year. So companies like Borolex, Interjex, Northland Power, down around the 30% range. I like crystallizing a loss there, potentially going to something like ZUT, the BMO Equal Weight Utilities Index ETF, and very straightforward, equally weighted sector exposure. So it'll tends to have a high correlation to the individual stocks, and you get the benefit of diversification as well, which 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 I think is is uh, you know really investors' best friend in markets such as these. So uh, the ZUT there on the REIT side, you know again. There was a lot of dispersion in REITs this year. REITs with more office exposure in particular, you know, performed uh, more poorly this year and not surprisingly. Um, so investors could look out to switch, uh, sorry, investors could look to switch out individual REIT positions. We've got the ZRE, the BMO Equal Weight Canadian REITs Index ETF. Again, about just over 20 names, uh, very diversified, equally weighted, you know, gives you exposure to, to a diversified REIT sector. So those are a couple sectors. Canadian banks are, are down about, uh, they're down about 4%. On a price change basis, they're down 8% year to date. 
going back to their highs, they kind of had the highs mid last year. So off the highs are down about 25% from, from, from that peak. You know, U.S. banks have obviously been down a lot, mostly driven from, you know, the Silicon Valley regional bank, tech-focused bank volatility that happened back in March. Uh, you have U.S. banks down over 20%. So again, that creates a good opportunity to switch out individual shares for bank ETFs. Um, or potentially switch from one bank and ETF to another. You could switch from a, a covered call to a non-covered call or vice versa. Um, we have several bank tools on our shelf that you know you can achieve either of those with. So in Canada, ZEB, the BMO Equal Weight Banks Index ETF, six banks equally weighted. We have the ZWB, which is of course uh, the BMO Covered Call Canadian Banks ETF, more of a yield focus. So those are two in Canada, and uh, you know we have the U.S. as well. So ZBK is the BMO Equal Weight U.S. Banks Index ETF, and the Covered Call ZWK uh, BMO Covered Call U.S. Banks ETF. Great, thanks, Chris. Some uh, some good helpful ideas there as well as we uh, go into tax season. So thank you. So with that, those are all the questions that we have for this week. So I just want to thank everyone for listening in and especially sending in your questions. Um, those are super helpful. And I think everyone appreciates those real uh, scenarios. So I just want to thank everyone and give a special thank you to both Matt and Chris for providing some great insights. And with that, we'll wish everyone a great day and we'll see you next week. Thank you to Mackenzie Box, Chris Heeks and Matt Montemuro for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about the BMO Ultra Short-Term Bond ETF, ticker ZST, which is designed to provide exposure at the short end of the curve, and pairing it with the BMO Long Federal Bond Index ETF, ticker ZFL, and ZTL, the BMO Long-Term U.S. Treasury Bond Index ETF. Our experts also discussed the growth versus dividend dilemma, fixed income volatility, and tax loss selling on both the bond and equity sides of the portfolio. For more information about the other ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the ETF Center at BMOETFs.com. That's BMOETFS.com. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. BMO Global Asset Management is a brand name under which BMO Asset Management Inc. and BMO Investments Inc. operate.